Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. 12,000 jobs are at risk in the forestry sector because of the backlog in granting afforestation and felling licences. Two back-to-back five-year plans aimed at cutting Irish greenhouse gas emissions in half by the end of the decade have been released. World leaders and policymakers are gathering in Glasgow this weekend for COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference. We have an update on MACRA activities across Cork and John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Private forestry group CIFA, the Social Economic Environmental Forestry Association of Ireland, have been staging a series of social media protests targeting local government TDs in an effort to highlight what they call the ongoing crisis in the Irish forestry sector. CIFA point out they are an alliance of private industry professionals who are lobbying for the government to fulfil its obligations to maintain employment for more than 12,000 people in the forestry sector, which has been, they claim, devastated by a backlog in the granting of afforestation and felling licences. CIFA is seeking direct intervention now from the Department of the Taoiseach as all other options have failed. With over a 1,000 deforestation applications and thousands of felling and road licence applications still awaiting decision, CIFA say they want to highlight the severe social, economic and environmental impact of this forestry crisis. CIFA say forestry owners cannot plant their land, manage their forests or even sell their timber. CIFA point out that for many private forestry owners, the forests are their pension and they're also a means by which they will pay for the education of their children. The implications of this crisis, they say, will be felt for many years to come. Referring to the economic impact of the situation, CIFA say that to maintain supply of sawn wood, Irish sawmills are having to source timber from other countries, which has a major negative economic impact on Irish forestry. CIFA maintained this is having a direct impact on home construction and is adding unnecessary thousands to mortgages for people building houses. Responding to the issue, Jackie Cal TD and Chair of the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine said that we have seriously missed our targets in the programme for government on afforestation. We are 15,000 trees behind target on afforestation in the last five years. And if those trees had been planted in their lifetime, they would have sequestered 5.4 million tonnes of carbon. Jackie Cowell said, We have really missed an opportunity to benefit the rural economy and in our fight against climate change. Our failure to issue licences and our failure to plant trees for afforestation is haunting us 
and will continue to haunt us in the years ahead because we can't reclaim that lost time. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Well, John referenced Chair of the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine there, Deputy Jackie Cahill. He spoke about the failure to issue licences and to plant trees for afforestation, which has seen targets missed and vital time being lost. Here's more of what the Oireachtas Committee Chair had to say. Well, the first thing I would do, as is very simple, I would remove the fact that you have to get a licence for cleaning out of the system. We should remove a, a large number of the licensing applications and would restore confidence among everyone in the industry that common sense was going to prevail. As I said, that's only a management tool. It's only allowing a, a forest to reach its proper maturity. That's the first thing. That's the first thing I would do. Obviously, and we will keep a, a constant monitoring on it. The, the amount of license issued per week has to stay well over the hundred, and the hundred is, I suppose, the warning signal that uh, you know the industry would be slipping back into serious trouble again. So, issue a license has to stay over hundred. And afforestation figures for afforestation have to increase dramatically. We need at least 8,000 hectares per year planted. And I would say we have to, be, have to increase that because we've had such a, a, serious, a serious shortage over the last five years. 8,000 was, the pro, was, what was um, in the programme for government. And I would say that that target needs to be revisited in order that we meet over the lifetime of this government the target for afforestation. Unenclosed land and the restrictions that's, that, that's on uh, you know, land designated land, those areas have to be looked at. There's an awful lot of scientific evidence out there at the moment that, uh, you know, have at different stages of, of forest habitat in, in, in that unenclosed land is of benefit to, to protected species. So I think that needs to be looked at as well. And that could, could create a, right. a, a serious platform for increased afforestation in the country. And like we have seriously missed our targets in the program for government on afforestation. And I suppose one figure that really sticks in, in, in my head is that over the last five years, we're 15,000 behind target in afforestation. And in the lifetime, if those trees had to be planted, in the lifetime of those forests, they could have sequestered 5.4 million tonnes of carbon. And like we're going to be talking about carbon budgets, and there's going to be a lot of tune and fro and the agri-food industry and farmers are going to be extremely worried about what carbon budgets are going to be attributed to each sector. And here we have really missed an opportunity to benefit rural economies and also in our, in our, in mm. our fight against climate change. And that's the one, that's where I think, you know, this, the, our, our failure to issue licenses and our failure to plant trees for afforestation will, is, is, is haunting us and will continue to haunt us in the years ahead because we can't reclaim that last time. And as I said, even though the increase in license output is welcome, I'm still very worried about the level of afforestation mm. license that are coming through the system. The chair of the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Deputy Jackie Cahill. Two back-to-back five-year plans aiming to cut Irish greenhouse gas emissions in half by the end of the decade have been released. The Climate Change Advisory Council is targeting cuts of 4.8% a year up to 2025, followed by 8.4% annually to 2030. Climate Action Minister Eamon Ryan says sector-by-sector targets will be published in the weeks ahead and each will need to play its part. When ratified by the Oireachtas, the targets will be made legally binding. Chair of the expert panel, Marie Donnelly, says smaller cuts in the first budget are not a sign that the action is being delayed. Yes, the Council spent quite a bit of time looking at the balance between the two carbon budgets. And the reason why we have put a greater emphasis on reductions in the second half is because that we now and rather urgently need to make the investments that will allow us 
to decarbonise. And there is a lag time between investing and actually getting the benefit of the emissions reductions. There may be consequences for farmers. You know, we, we haven't hidden that in the report. There may be instances where reducing methane means reducing activity levels. And in that context, it's absolutely essential that there are alternative income streams that farmers can develop and also that the supports coming from CAP and indeed government will support farmers in this transition to a more sustainable farming enterprise. The IFA says the Climate Change Advisory Council report will have profound implications and will threaten the viability of farmers throughout the country. IFA President Tim Cullinan says it'll have a huge impact on the rural economy. First of all, obviously, this is going to be a massive um a massive cost for farmers and it's a huge concern by farmers out there at the moment. And uh, I don't know if we look at it, obviously, you know, with, with the other sectors having to achieve targets as well, like farmers are going to obviously have to pay more for energy and obviously transport is co- going to cost farmers more as well. And we'll have more on the Climate Action Advisory Council proposals later in the programme. Chagask advisor Kira O'Shea has an update now on the latest Chagask Dairy Gold and Signpost programme Farm Walk next week. The Chagask Dairy Gold Giant programme are continuing their series of walks on the farm of the Monitor and Signpost Dairy Farmer Sean Morn. They're farming in Mill Street, County Cork on Tuesday the 2nd of November at 11am. The focus of the farm walk is how to improve farm sustainability and on the day we'll introduce the event by describing what the new Chagas Dairy Gold programme 2021 to 2022 is about and the new signpost programme. And also on the day we'll be discussing the monitor farmer, their current performance. We will discuss um, how to improve water quality and the practical ways to reducing nitrogen on farms. There will be speakers uh, from Borbia to discuss um, carbon footprint on the farm and ways to reduce it. Uh, Monster Bovine will have a board there as well, talking through on breeding the future cow. The air code for the farm uh, where the event is on is P67FP93 and the walk will start at 11am Tuesday the 2nd of November and everyone is welcome to come. West Cork-based Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA, National President, Mr Dermot Keller, said that the cap funding proposal suggests that the Minister for Agriculture strategy for the beef and sheep sectors seems to be in disarray at the moment. Mr Keller said he could not understand how the Minister would agree with the direction of his department where suckler cows, which involve over 60,000 farmers, would be getting about the same allocation as the organic scheme, which he said currently covered some 1,800 farmers. The organic target was to find another 6,500 farmers, but even if that target is met, it will still be a small fraction of the number of suckler or sheep farmers. Mr Kelleher went on to claim that sheep farmers would also be very angry at this. While the ICSA agrees we need to increase the organic sector, the allocation of €256 million was massive compared to the €100 million for the entire sheep sector. He said it was shocking that no consideration had yet been given to ICSA proposals for a beef finisher scheme which had the potential to deliver a substantial decrease in national emissions. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. 
Minister Hackett has announced a €9 million Euro investment in the Irish horticulture sector. The Minister of State of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, with special responsibility for horticulture, Senator Pippa Hackett, has announced the opening of the 2022 Scheme of the Investment Aid for the Development of the Commercial Horticulture Sector in Ireland. This competitive scheme is open to all horticultural sectors. It will provide capital grant aid at a rate of up to 40% to all approved investments. Minister Pippa Hackett said the 50% increase in funding secured in 2021 had been maintained for next year 22. She said the scheme not only aids existing producers but also new entrants to horticulture. With qualifying younger farmers receiving up to 50% in grant aid, the scheme is there to support the next generation of farmers as well. The scheme, which covers all horticultural areas including field vegetables, mushrooms, protected food crops, amenity crops, soft fruit and apples, to beekeeping, aims to facilitate environmentally friendly practices, to promote the diversification of on-farm activities and to improve the quality of products and improve working conditions. The closing date for a seat of applications for the scheme for 2021 is the 17th of December 2021. Recognising the significant and sustained support for the horticulture sector, Minister Hackett added, the scheme is 100% funded by the Irish Government and the €9 million is continued funding demonstrating the Government's commitment to the horticulture sector in Ireland in meeting the challenges we face but also recognising the many opportunities for the sector in the future. This includes, very importantly, opportunities for the replacement of imports with the locally grown fruit and vegetables. Minister Hackett had seen, she said, at first hand, how the horticulture producers of Ireland had embraced new technologies to improve sustainability and to facilitate environmentally friendly practices. And she said this scheme further aids all of these efforts. The Irish horticulture sector generated output with a farm gate value of almost 469 million euro in 2020, with an estimated 6,600 people employed full-time in primary production activity and a further 11,000 people employed in value-added and downstream businesses. The horticulture industry continues to be very dynamic, where growers and producers are constantly improving sustainability through the adoption of lean technologies and energy-efficient systems. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. A global climate summit is a moment of truth when it comes to climate change commitments. That's according to the European Commission president, who's warning that if action is not taken in this decade, we risk reaching an irreversible tipping point. World leaders and policymakers are gathering in Glasgow this weekend for COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference. Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says the focus will be on action, not just targets. It is not only about goals and targets, but now it has to be about very concrete, detailed steps and a roadmap within this decade to make a credible change, a crucial change that is absolutely necessary. And therefore, this is very detailed this time, but it's also a moment of truth. The starting point is not a good one. And therefore, it's also a moment of truth to science tells us very clearly and the reports tell us very clearly, you're not where you want to be in fighting climate change. You have to get better. 
And the second message is, it's not a question of 30, 40 years, it's now. It's this decade where we have to get better. Otherwise, we risk to reach irreversible tipping points. EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. University College Cork is the only Irish university with official observer status at the COP26 conference and is sending a delegation of researchers and students to the Global Summit in Glasgow. UCC's delegation is making its way in a low-carbon manner by boat and train to contribute at the events. The UCC delegation was organised by a working group within the College President's Office in association with the university's flagship Environmental Research Institute. Over 400 researchers from across the university work on climate change in the institute. This morning we take a look at the EIP Agri programme. Minister Pippa Hackett recently announced her commitment to extend the current EIPs for another year. John O'Connor is with me to discuss this. So John, what exactly is the EIP? EIP stands for European Innovation Partnership and it's part of the Rural Development Programme funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine under the Department's Rural Development Programme. There's a great variety of EIPs operating in Ireland at local level at the moment. Minister Pippa Hackett claims that the EIPs have been a great success story in Ireland as well as in other member states of the European Union. And can you be more specific on how these EIPs work and their value to agriculture and rural communities? Ideally, an EIP would facilitate the coming together of farmers, scientists and indeed anyone with an interest in sustainable farming to form a partnership with a view to setting a project for the partnership to achieve and sharing ideas and inspiration, including the concept of farming for nature, farming with nature, regenerative farming, etc., And John, how many EIP agri-schemes are in operation across the country at the moment and what sort of projects do they promote? There are now 57 locally-led schemes run by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine from small-scale community biodiversity projects to the much larger and more ambitious Hen Harrier project. Minister Pippa Hackett said all 57 EIPs were making a huge contribution to improving the environment, which is only possible due to what she acknowledged was, quote, the wonderful commitment of the farmers and project teams involved in the EIPs, end of quote. The EIPs, the European Innovation Partnerships. And how will the EIPs fare under the new CAP strategic plan? Minister Hackett said the next CAP strategic plan was going to take a lot more targeted approach to these EIPs and apply them at scale. However, the Minister suggested that before we got into the next CAP, she wanted to make sure that the current EIPs could finish out their work as a lot of effort had been put into, for example, forming common edge groups, restoring habitats and eradicating invasive species and other very positive actions for the environment. But a break in this chain would be detrimental for the landscape, biodiversity and farmers committed to these projects. The Minister confirmed that her department would be working with the relevant schemes to gauge their interest in extending their work and how best to implement it. And what about new EIP entrants? Regarding new EIP entrants, Minister Hackett has at least given a commitment to extend a number of current EIP projects when they are due to finish next year. 
Listeners in local core communities who have a project in mind, which they believe will enhance the environment, could contact Minister Pippa Hackett's office at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine and make inquiries. In a time of great challenges where we are fighting to retain agriculture as a viable industry, all viable-sounding ideas of how we can farm in line with the demands of the Climate Action Programmes are likely to be given full consideration. The department's website is www.gov.ie, all lowercase. The department's phone number, the Dublin number, is 01-607-2802 for inquiries. That's 01-607-2802 for inquiries. Farm Talk. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On C103. IFA says it hopes Minister Charlie McConnell will stand up for farmers at the Cabinet table in terms of support and achieving and delivering targets that are attainable. IFA Munster Chair Harold Kingston was speaking after a meeting with the Minister at Cantork Mark, which discussed cap and climate action targets. Farmers are very willing to look after the environment, but impressed on the Minister the need to continue to make a living from farming. Harold Kingston highlighted the importance of farmers continuing to produce products as there are many rural towns and villages across the country which are dependent on it. Reducing production in order to achieve targets, in theory, to look after the environment, will see less production and less money changing hands in the local area as well, he said.
Well, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell-Logue, spoke to John Paul McNamara on C103's Cork Today show on the occasion of his visit to Canturk Mart. Here's what he had to say on the targets being set out by the Climate Change Advisory Council. Well, what the Climate Action Council has proposed is an overall economy-wide uh, budgetary target for the next five years and the following five years after that. They've outlined various possible scenarios for different sectors, including agriculture. But it will be the government that will set the targets for each sector. And that's what I've been very much involved in over the last number of weeks and months. We will be, across the economy, we will be absolutely setting um, sectoral targets for each sector of the economy, which will achieve that 51% overall reduction by 2030. But what's really important is that it's proportionate. Those uh, uh, targets sector by sector are proportionate to what can be delivered by each sector. And obviously in the programme for government as well, it is very clear that the science around agriculture, the science around biogenic methane in particular, has to be fully taken into account in relation to setting those targets. So to be clear, it will be the government in the next week or two under the Climate Action Plan who will set the target, the overall target uh, for Irish agriculture. Um, and uh, I am, in terms of engagement, I'm very confident that, that target will be one that will enable Irish farmers to continue to produce the milk protein and the meat protein that they, they do at the moment, uh, but also uh, to significantly reduce uh, and, uh, our overall footprint of how we produce that. Which brings us to the Irish Farmers Journal commissioned KPMG economic impact assessment into how emission reduction targets under the Climate Act can be achieved and the impact on farm incomes, economic output and jobs across rural Ireland. To drill down more into the different scenarios, I'm joined by Catherine Morrissey of the Irish Farmers Journal. And I began by asking her why this economic impact assessment was necessary. You're hearing, I suppose, all about targets and percentages and uh, carbon emissions and, you know, megatons of carbon dioxide equivalent, which is, you know, all quite theoretical. And we felt, I suppose, that there wasn't enough information as to how that would translate into real life for farmers and for the rural economy. And that was the aim, really, is to find out what impact different carbon reduction targets would have on inside the farm gate and then outside the farm gate as well. So that was the thinking. The assessment looked at how different decarbonisation scenarios would impact on rural communities or the wider economy. So you were looking at at, at different ways and how they'd have a different impact. And what were the, the, the general findings there? Yeah, so we looked at in total five different scenarios. That's ranging from a 13% reduction all the way up to a 50% reduction for agriculture's carbon emissions. And uh, looking at, I suppose, the extreme end of both of those first, the 13% reduction is something that farming and farmers can do now. You know, there are technologies that are available at the minute. I say technologies, it's, you know, things like low emission slurry spreading, using uh, higher EBI dairy cows, more of a focus on beef traits for the beef side of things, very much on-farm measures. And there's the ability there, and that is all listed out in the chagas Mac curve, which farmers have heard about now for a couple of years, focused fertilizer application, things like that. And actually, under that scenario, not only would it deliver a 13% reduction in carbon, but it would also be beneficial to the farmers themselves. So you would have farm profits increasing. On average, on a dairy farm, it would go up by 5,100 and 200 on a, on a beef farm. So carbon emissions, cutting carbon emissions from farming is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the extent of it is, you know, dictates the impact. Mm-hmm. 
going to the other end of the spectrum then, which is the 50%, this is really kind of, uh, someone described it to me as, as doomsday stuff. If farming was expected to cut its carbon emissions in half, then it would have a huge, huge impact. So you're looking at, and this is according to the KPMG analysis, you would need to cut the number of cattle, total number of cattle, beef and dairy, you'd have to cut it by 50% by 2030. That would result uh, in huge losses, both in terms of jobs and, and income. So the dairy farm would see, the average dairy farm, and this is based on Chagas profit monitor figures, would see their profit falling by 46,000, and the beef farms would see their income fall by 5,600. Not alone is the impact of that within the farm gate, but outside the farm gate, it has a huge, huge impact because obviously if you have fewer cows, you don't need the co-ops to process as much milk. You don't need as many factories uh, running to the same extent to process the beef. There's only half of it there. KPMG found that there will be a total of more than 94,000 job losses in the rural sector as a result, 20, about 27,000 odd in direct farm employment and then indirect farm employment, which is those spin-offs, you know, the local co-op, the hardware merchant, all of those businesses that farmers, you know, spend their money in day to day. There would be 67,000 jobs lost in that in that area. So they're the two extremes. Clearly what you're looking at then, I suppose, in the first instance at 13%, maybe something that's workable. And after that, then the worst case scenario when you hit up to as much as the 50%. But, you know, is the report saying, Katrina, that say between 13, 18 and, and 21, these reductions would be manageable? Yeah, so what the report then looked at, I suppose, is the other scenarios. So 13 is with the existing technology. Chagas uh, has said that there is research in the pipeline that would allow um, agriculture to push to 18%. So new research going to come on stream that will give farmers more of that technology, more of that ability to manipulate things within the farm gate. Uh, and you still wouldn't require any reduction in, in animal numbers in the country. What we do know is that the government has indicated that the target for agriculture, and this will be announced next week, is to be somewhere between 21 and 30%. So that's what we, we looked at as well. So taking, say, the 30%, if it was the upper range of what the government has said it's looking at, it requires implementing all of the Chagas MAC measures, which is the EBI and targeted fertiliser and low emission slurry spreading. It requires full implementation of all those measures by all farmers, but it would still also require a decrease in cattle numbers. It would mean uh, 18% coming off the dairy herd and 22% coming off the beef herd. And that would see, obviously, farm uh, income fall. You'd see profit drop on dairy farms of 17,500 and on beef farms, 2,800. It would also impact on the jobs and the rural economy as well. And KPMG has put the the hit to the rural economy under that 30% scenario at 3.8 billion. Huge number. And then for farming itself, so primary agriculture, to just over 2 billion. And on the jobs side, again, I'm throwing lots of figures at you, but I think they're all worth mentioning. Under a 30% reduction, you'd be looking at around 56,000 job losses in the sector. In any of these scenarios, then farmers still have a role to play because you get nothing for nothing. So farmers will still have to play their part in any of the uh, reductions, whatever way it plays out in the coming weeks. Yeah, that goes without saying. And and farmers have always said that they're willing to do their part. What this report highlights is if the target is pushed very high, it will have huge economic 
consequences for not just the farmer on, on his or her own land, but for the rural economy as well. And in a way, it's to, to make sure, I suppose, the commissioning of this report is to give the facts out there. You know, it's one thing to talk about, let's go from 22 or 21 to 30%. What does that really mean? And that's what KPMG has outlined in the report. Um, and as I said, all of those scenarios would require farmers to do the inside the gate stuff anyway. Um, so there's a big, big um, decision to be made in the next uh, couple of days by government. The climate budgets have been set for, for three five-year periods. That was set um, or advised to government by the Climate Change Advisory Council on Monday. And now the government is going to decide what way each sector is going to um, is going to play their part. And like, let's not forget, it's not just agriculture either. They're looking at how much should transport cut their emissions. You know, there's a big push on. The Climate Change Advisory Council is pushing for a huge switch to electric cars, things like that. So some huge, huge decisions for agriculture and other sectors over the next couple of days. Catherine Morrissey of the Irish Farmers Journal. ICMSA is reminding Cork applicants to the dairy beef calf scheme that they must have the weights of their calves lodged with the ICBF by 5.30pm Monday next, the 1st of November. ICMSA Livestock Committee Chair Des Morrison says it's a matter of record that there was disappointment with what he called the derisory amount allocated to the scheme. The association remains convinced on grounds of dairy and beef sector integration, farmer profitability and lower emissions that the programme was worth pursuing and developing. Farmers are being urged to get on to the relevant ICBF website and record their weights in line with the instructions. Anyone having difficulty with the online system can contact ICMSA on 061 314 for guidance. 061 314 Tagusk and Bordbia have launched a campaign through the Signpost programme to create awareness among farmers about the carbon footprint on their farm. Farmers are being asked to significantly reduce carbon emissions over the next few years, but to do say they need to know their baseline emissions. Over 54,000 dairy and beef farmers have access to the carbon footprint for their farm through the Sustainable Dairy Assurance Scheme and Sustainable Beef and Lamb Assurance Scheme Farmer Feedback Report. It gives a farmer valuable insight into their farm's greenhouse gas emissions, the progress being made to reduce emissions and also to benchmark the farm against other farms of similar scale and enterprise. It also allows farmers to identify the main source of emissions on their farm, helping them to make a plan to reduce emissions. Tagusk advisor Kira O'Shea is back with us again. We're looking at what farmers should be focusing on at this time of the year. The grazing is nearly over for some farmers on heavy soils after the rainfall that we've had there the last few days. But the farmers on drier soils, some of them are getting a bit um, of grass still into cows. And I suppose for those farmers, it's to watch out that they don't go too far into the grass and eat off too much. And to remember that the autumn grass is worth double in the springtime. And then for all farmers, whether you're on dry soils or heavy soils, don't let your average farm cover drop below 500 kgs dry matter per hectare as this will have an effect on the grass growth on the farm. So if it goes below that 500 kg dry matter per hectare, then you're talking about housing the stock straight away. And then I suppose also it's important to do a grass cover as well and walk the farm and do a grass cover as well on the 1st of December. And I suppose this will give you an idea of what grass you'll have for next spring as well. So 
the other kind of area as well that farmers can be focusing on is soil testing. It's a great time of the year to get the farm tested. We're hearing that there's these rules and regulations from Europe where we're going to be told that we have to reduce our nitrogen inputs. And um, I suppose one of the key things is to have the soil fertility at an optimum fertility for your your lime pH, your index 3 um, for phosphorus and your index 3 for, for potassium are also known as potash. The only way to know this is by doing your soil test. So I'd really, you know, ask farmers to talk to their advisor and getting these soil tests um, done before Christmas. And like I suppose, once you get your results, then you know kind of what fertiliser you need to order. And if there's any particular products that you might need to let your merchant know about that you may want, like protected urea, it's just to ensure that that's it, that's availability will be there for you for next year so by doing your soil test it'll allow you to see what you can buy and put in an order early in time so that you can have that fertilizer in the yard there for next spring Kira O'Shea, Tagusk Advisor, and we'll follow up on this topic in next Wednesday night's programme Farm Talk on C103 The Women in Agriculture Stakeholders Group, WASG, has enthusiastically welcomed the recent announcement by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, in respect of the percentage of TAMS, Targeted Agricultural Modernisation Scheme grant, to be allocated to women under the next cap. Chair of WASG, Miss Hannah Quinn Mulligan, farmer and news correspondent with the Irish Farmers Journal, said the 60% TAMS grant rate planned for the next cap for women aged over 40 would make a huge difference to a generation of farmers. Miss Quinn Mulligan pointed out that WASG had recommended that women over 40 should have access to a 60% TAMS grant and that women should have the option of joining female-only groups. Minister McConnell-Oak's announcement of the 60% TAMS grant for women would make a huge difference to the lives of 70,000 women working on farms across the country, who had effectively, she claimed, been, quote, voiceless and invisible up to now. In addition to attributing high praise to the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell-Oak and his team, Ms Quinn Mulligan said credit was due to all of the farm organisations who have supported WASG, including the IFA, ICMSA, ICSA, Mockwinna Firma, IOA Organics and INHFA. The WASG Women in Agriculture Stakeholders Group reaction to the 60% TAMS grant for women is covered in detail in this week's edition of the Irish Farmers Journal by journal news correspondent Ms Kiva Harney. The 60% TAMS grant for women announced by the Minister would replace the current 4% of TAMS grants that go to women. Miss Harney points out. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Road Safety Authority and Mockridge Ferma have launched a partnership to improve road safety behaviour in rural communities. It will focus on four key areas, including the dangers of mobile distraction, the importance of wearing seat belts, be safe, be seen, and how to prevent driver fatigue. Another element will be the education and awareness around farm machinery safety, with a special emphasis on knowledge around towing trailers and what regulations are in place. The RSA will offer training to MOCRA youth leaders on how to create a positive environment for educating their own members. For a roundup of MOCRA events in Cork this week, we're joined by Ashling Walsh. This week was a busy one for Shandu MOCRA as we held our regional question time finals. This was held in the Huntsman in Belgoury and there was a great turnout on the night. We had many clubs present. 
The night was hosted brilliantly by our own competitions officer, Sheila Kelleher, and our chairperson, Seamus Reid. Well done to all who were involved in organising it. We had a great night. Thanks a million. A special well done to Kinsale Mocker, who took home the prize, and to Balancholic Mocker, who will also go forward to the national finals. Best of luck to everyone going forward. We wish you well. This week, Glanmire Mocker held a qualifier for the regional bowling round on Bank Holiday Monday. It was a really enjoyable night. Thanks a million to everyone who attended. We also played some arcade games on the night and we were really social. Glamour Mocra holds a weekly sports night every Tuesday night at quarter past nine in Upper Glamour Hall. Everyone is welcome and new members play for free on the first night. White Church Mocra also had their own social bowling night. There was a great turnout on the night and they also hold a weekly sports night. Rowan Kinsale and Balancholic Mocker enjoyed a social night at the Parkway Hotel Dunmanway with Dunamore Mocker. It was a great social night for all involved as they listened to the Kilkenny's music. Lots of our clubs have been holding in-person meetings, which I myself and Regional Development Officer Jerry Murphy have been attending. Our clubs are going from strength to strength. This week saw Nakaraha Makra hold their AGM. It saw the election of a new chairperson, Adrian Brown, a new secretary, Elena Hayes, a new treasurer, Neve McCarthy, and Shelley Sheehan and Avril Mulcahy will take on the role of PRO. Best of luck with the year ahead to all clubs. This week saw Balancholic Makra, Carrigaline Makra, and Nakaraha Makra hold their monthly meetings with Glanmire having their monthly meeting last week. Our regional welding night that takes place on the 1st of November. We hope to see many entries on the night. And best of luck to all involved with the competition. A huge well done to Niall Lenehan and Fergal Dean, who took part in the Kerry Rally last weekend. It wasn't a rally in the traditional sense, but it was a great weekend for all involved as they attended farm tours and agricultural competitions. The boys represented Shandoon in stock judging. Huge well done on a great weekend, Kerry Mokra. Thanks to Ashling Walsh there of Shandoon Mokra for a roundup of activities this week. Well, weather has taken its toll on ploughing events, as Philip Cotter of Cork East explains. Unfortunately, Watergrass Hill had to postpone because of weather conditions and ground conditions from tomorrow, the 21st, until the 21st of November. But the following week, the 7th of November, next, Ali Field will be holding their match, weather permitting, of course. Then through will be coming in, but we're not sure what day. They may be coming in on the 14th, and then Wasserhouse Hill on the 21st. So at the moment, that's as much information as I have at hand, but I'll be back again next week and update you with further details for the upcoming events. ICMSA National President Mr Pat McCormack said while output prices for most farm commodities did increase during 2021, the benefits of these long overdue price increases were being completely wiped out due to an across-the-board surge in farm input costs. The ICMSA President said that by far the most concerning rise in prices was in relation to fertiliser, which seemed to be increasing by multiples, and he called for immediate action at EU Commission level to reduce the cost of fertiliser. 
Mr McCormack predicted that the cost of fertiliser in 2022 was going to not alone wipe out any gains made through better output prices received by family farmers this year, but would actually burn all the way through those gains and out the other side into net losses. He said fertiliser was the most alarming, but we are also looking at cost surges in feed, energy and diesel as well, and all due to factors completely outside the control of farmers. The issues and uncertainty around gas prices was impacting on all sectors of society, he said, but had a particular inflationary effect on fertiliser production costs, and this has to be recognised and rectified very quickly. He said, in addition, the European Union must remove all trade barriers, which he said were adding additional costs to fertiliser customers, and support measures must be put in place to recognise the increased cost on the primary producer, the farmer. Mr McCormack said there was really no point in highlighting the high output prices and citing the CSO reports if we are going to ignore the fact that the cost of producing the food is now overtaking the prices farmers are receiving. It's no good getting a milk price of 37 cents per litre up from 32 cents per litre if the costs of producing that litre have gone by a greater margin. Either output prices increase further to reflect increased production costs or input costs have got to be halted and reversed or else the whole economics of farming would fall. Immediate action is now required at EU level on this matter. The ICMSA president concluded. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to our Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahady. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.